This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Episode 67 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. I'm still down here in Florida for work and things of that nature. Still kicking it with you guys week in and week out. Thank you guys as always for listening to the podcast. You guys have stayed strong throughout the pandemic. I don't think I say it enough, but thank you guys and hope you guys are doing well during this difficult time. Back with another week. A lot of Knicks stuff to get to this week. A lot of draft stuff to get to this week. More rumors, more stories, more intrigue around the Knicks trading for picks in the draft possibly or and or getting free agency or getting big trades for bigger names in the NBA game. A lot of that stuff to get to in the show today. And then we'll talk about what's left of the NBA finals. Uh, We'll see how that works out. Been a pretty good last couple of games. Uh, That's the good news. The bad news is we have not really gotten much of a series despite the incredible, uh, incredible fight the Miami Heat have showed in this series. We'll get to that later on in the show. But we're going to get to the Knicks news, notes, and rumors and NBA draft talk first because there's a lot to get to this week. It feels like we've been flip-flopping back and forth every week. One week, there's a ton of Knicks news. We're talking mostly Knicks. Another week, it's almost all NBA stuff. There's not a ton of stuff going on with the Knicks. There's There's been a couple weeks where it's been right down the middle, kind of half and half. Some stuff to talk about with the Knicks and some stuff to talk about with the NBA. This week, it's definitely heavy towards the Knicks. I was looking through stories to talk about on the NBA side, and besides the fact that, you know, tomorrow, again, day of recording, uh, you guys will be, uh, you know, a day ahead of me when the podcast goes out, obviously. Um, You guys will already know, uh, or should say looking forward to, Game 5 of the NBA Finals, a must-win game for the Miami Heat. They've got to have it if they want to keep this series alive. On the other side of things, for the Lakers, they're looking to close it out and win another NBA championship. It would be LeBron's fourth, and if I remember correctly, it would be the 17th, I believe, in the franchise history of the Los Angeles Lakers. They are 3-1 up, and they're hoping to close it out and win another NBA title. I believe the Celtics have 18 NBA titles. I'm actually going to check myself here. That was off the top. I'm not sure exactly uh, the numbers there. For some reason, they're, they're escaping me at the moment, but the Lakers would get one closer to the Boston Celtics for the most ever if they can pull it off tomorrow night. The Boston Celtics actually have 17 championships, The Lakers have 16. If the Lakers win tomorrow night, they will equal the Boston Celtics for the most NBA championships of all time. By the way, third place on the list is a two-way tie between the Warriors and the Bulls, believe it or not. So there's a big drop-off after the Lakers 
and the Celtics. So the Lakers could wrap it up tomorrow night. We'll get to how the series has gone on since the last podcast later on in the show. But guys, first things first, this is a Knicks podcast. When the Knicks rule in the news, we talk about them first around here. We get them the top spot. It's our, it's their podcast. It's our podcast. It's your podcast. Talking about the Knicks first and foremost. Guys, the first story is a bit of a tough one for me because I this is a guy that I like. This is a guy I think that would be perfect for the Knicks. But according to Mark Berman of the New York Post, Knicks are leaning against taking Cole Anthony with the eighth pick in the upcoming NBA draft. Again, we're just coming up, I think, on a month away from the NBA draft. We're really close to the draft. So very excited for that and a little nervous to see what the Knicks are going to (laughs) do with these picks. But for now, Cole Anthony seems to not be on the Knicks' radar. It seems like they're leaning away from it. I don't know. My first inclination is is to read what that, you know, what that could mean. You know, maybe the Knicks... Uh, remember last week it was well you know the Knicks were worried about Tyrese Halliburton's you know weight Uh, they were worried about him growing as an NBA player now it's well we're not totally sold on Cole Anthony so this means two things to me on paper one the Knicks are trying to find a way to get out of this pick that's the first thing that tells me it tells you the Knicks don't like what's available at eight and they want to either trade up or they want to trade down. The second thing that te- that it tells me is the Knicks only want one man if they're going to get a top pick in this draft. They want one man, and they want one man only. And that man is LaMelo Ball. They don't want Tyrese Halliburton. They don't want Cole Anthony. If they can pull it off, they want LaMelo Ball. Uh, the other tie-in here, and this is kind of, a you know... Sort of jumping the gun a little bit because we're going to talk about this a little bit more later on in the show. But this also kind of leans toward if we can't get LaMelo Ball, if we can't get him, we still don't want Tyrese Halliburton and Cole Anthony. And that's not great from my perspective. But it could mean the Knicks would trade down in the draft and possibly either before the draft or during the draft, trade for a Chris Paul. And I think that's kind of where the options lie right now for the New York Knicks. And that would mean, in my opinion, that the Knicks would use one of the two first-round picks later in the draft to maybe take a Jameis Ramsey or another really talented player. Because that's because now you've got the franchise piece you know, you're hoping in Chris Paul. And I know a lot of people are back and forth on whether or not that's a good idea. And we'll get to where some of the, the situation with that is later on in the show. But for me, I think when you're looking at the situation as a whole, I, for me, Cole Anthony makes a lot of sense. And, and that's why I get frustrated when I read stuff like this. Again, Mark Berman of the New York Post is reporting this. I, I don't love it. I, I, I don't, I, I think you should keep your options open, really, because Chris Paul, in one of those things, is is a good option. But again, he's older; he's getting up there. You still want the opportunity to get a young guard in this draft, and you need as, as talented of a guy as possible. So I'm not saying that the, it's a done deal by any stretch, but. 
according to Mark Berman, you know, and again, he's he's saying the only way the Knicks would take Cole Anthony, um, you know, kind of goes on into the fact that Anthony would have to fall all the way to 27 in the draft, basically, is how it would go down. Anthony would have to plummet in the draft for the Knicks to take him. It's not happening. It's not happening. And I, I listen, if the Knicks trade back, right, if they go for Chris Paul, possibly, they trade back in the draft, maybe to, to the late teens, early 20s, there's still a puncher's chance of getting him. But at that point, you know, there's so many teams in front of you that need a point guard. You're not getting them. So if the Knicks really want him, they got to take him at eight, and it doesn't look like they're willing to do that. And I, and I think that that, I think that's tough to hear for someone that loves Cole Anthony. I think he'd be a great fit for this Knicks team. The other part of it is coupling that with the news that the Knicks are not too thrilled about where they see Tyrese Halliburton. That also is like, oh my, well then what the heck are you going to do? Are you going to pull off this big move? Are you going to get LaMelo Ball? Or are you going to trade away pieces to get Chris Paul? And that's, when you're relying on the Knicks to do something big like that, it makes me very nervous for draft night. That's kind of where I stand on it right now. That's where I'm kind of feeling it out at the moment. And the other option that Mark Berman says is, well, he could go to New York, but it would be to the Nets at 19. And I, and I really don't think that the Nets would take him. So I, for Cole Anthony's side of things, it's, man, you know, you could have been in New York in two spots, the Knicks where your dad played, or the Nets, and now it's, you know, he keeps falling in a lot of draft boards, falling in a lot of the eyes of a lot of teams, and now he might not even be going to New York, and he's going to probably get, he could get lost in a franchise, potentially. So I'm not saying that might not have happened in New York, or Brooklyn, specifically, or, or you know, obviously with the Knicks in Midtown, but it's one of those things where I, I get, I get frustrated with this kind of stuff, because, you know, again, Mark Berman even says in his article, they're not going to take him at eight. You know, they're, or they're leaning against not taking him at eight. And even if they trade down to 14 or 15, they're leaning towards not taking him. And that is, to me, that's where I start to get frustrated and nervous because, yes, I get it. He slid in a number of mock drafts. There's no question about it. Although, again, Mark Berman says he had a rough season at North Carolina. He still scored 19 points per game, shot 38%. And yeah, he struggled with his shot at times, but when, he was hurt during the year. So when he played, he played pretty darn well. Now, the, the one part that people will not remember is that Cole Anthony was on a pretty bad North Carolina team, a team that was projected to be very good. They were a top 10 team preseason in the country, but they were decimated by injuries. And a lot of times, Cole Anthony was not playing with a lot of the guys he thought he was going to be playing with on that team and still played pretty darn well. So I, I think that the knocks on Cole Anthony are harsh, to say the least. I, I think that he had a really tough year at times, but it, not a lot of it was on him. He, he got hurt. He had to have knee surgery. And he ended up not playing with a lot of the players that he thought he was going to be playing with and had to really switch things up. You know, executives have been ripping him in the press, saying they're not fans of his game and and things of that nature. But I, I think he could really grow into a solid NBA player. 
So the other problem that I have with it again is, you know, well, you've already ripped Tyrese Halliburton publicly, basically, saying his body's not ready for the NBA. Now you're saying Cole Anthony's not on your radar. Well, that mean, that leaves the Knicks with the two toughest options to pull off. Trading up to get LaMelo Ball or trading down and getting, then getting Chris Paul, potentially. Because that's the thing, right? If you trade down and not get one of your one of your big options here that's a failure for the Knicks that's a failure you can't trade down and then not get Chris Paul that that's there's no world where Knicks fans accept that because if you trade down and you end up with Jamius Ramsey and Sadiq Bey yeah it's an okay draft but that's a c-minus draft and then maybe you get quickly early in the second round that that's it your draft's done that's a pretty mediocre draft. Not saying not, those guys are solid players, but you got no game changers in the mix there. Chris Paul and LaMelo Ball are your potential game changers, and in the middle of the path there, you find Halliburton and Anthony. Ramsey, Bay, and Quickly are those third-tier guys, and that's what I've been alluding to really throughout the, the entire months that we've been talking about this NBA draft. Before the Knicks dropped to eight and after the Knicks have dropped to eight in the NBA draft lottery. So this is where the Knicks stand at the moment. And it feels like they're getting closer to the, to the worser of the option, the worse of the options than the better of the options here, because the Knicks are going to have to give up a pretty penny to go up and get LaMelo ball. I've said this, there's a good chance LaMelo ball is the first overall pick in this draft. And to trade up seven spots, you're going to have to give up a little bit here. So I, it's a really, really tough spot the Knicks have put themselves in publicly by saying the two guys we could get at eight, we're not interested in. For the most important position we need on this team. You know what? We'll pass. That means that, that basically you're telling the other teams in the NBA, at least publicly, nah, we're good. We want the big one. We want LaMelo. Or we want Chris Paul. I mean, those are two really tough names to get. And I told you guys from the beginning, a Halliburton with other good players behind him or a Anthony with other good players behind him draft is a huge win for the Knicks. But now the Knicks are going for it and they don't normally get the guy when they go for him. That's just the bottom line. The Knicks could find themselves in a place where they go for LaMelo Ball, they don't like what they have to give up, they don't get him, and then they're stuck at eight with either two guys they don't want, or they got to trade back, and if they don't get Chris Paul somehow, it's another failure. So that's why I get, that's why I get very, very frustrated when I hear kind of news like this. My first, my first thought was, don't say it publicly. Keep it to yourself. If you're not interested in either of the two guys at point guard in your range in the draft, don't say it. I, 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 I get that that's sometimes part of the game. You're trying to warp the story to your benefit, I guess. But what's the benefit of saying that? Well, we really want to trade up. Well, now guess what? 
Those top teams can leverage that knowing that you don't have many other options. And they say, well, they don't like those two guys down there. Let's rip them for all. Let's take them for all they're worth here and make them really pay for this number one pick. I, that's that's what I think could happen here. And I don't love that. That scenario is terrible for the Knicks. I really don't think it's good for the Knicks for them to do it this way. And for me, why not keep all the options open? Again, leaning away is not saying you're not going to take them, but it might as well. And I, I just, I don't love the way that the Knicks have handled it over the past week. It doesn't look good for the draft because when you don't give yourself all the options, you're more likely to fail. And that's not where the Knicks need to be right now. That's the bottom line. I, it, it's it, Knicks fans are not going to like hearing that because it's been the same thing over and over again. But it's not good, right? It's not where Knicks fans want to be going into an NBA draft. It's not. That's the bottom line. Knicks fans do not want to be in that situation going into the draft. And remember, we were talking about this story last week, I think. The Timberwolves could easily take him. LaMelo Ball, that is, with the first pick. Still very much in play. Now, the Knicks have been the most linked team, you could argue, to LaMelo Ball. But they don't have the first pick. (laughs) The Timberwolves do. And they could easily take them, and then it's done. And remember, Golden State is right there, too. Golden State could take them if the Timberwolves decide to take someone like Anthony Edwards first overall. They probably wouldn't take James Wiseman, but it's possible. So it comes down to whether the Knicks are going to do this or not. I mean, that's really what it comes down to with this draft. Whether or not the Knicks are willing to pull off the trade to go up and get LaMelo Ball. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Can they pull it off? And the answer is, I really don't know. I I really don't know. It's going to take a lot. It really is. It's probably going to take a player and a pick at this point to go up and get him. You're swapping the picks. You're giving up another pick and you're giving up a player to maybe get a pick and a player back. You're giving up a quite a big haul here in order to pull it off. And I don't know if the Knicks will be able to do it. I really don't know. And it makes me, seriously, I just don't know what to think now. Because Cole Anthony and Tyrese Halliburton are two really strong point guard prospects. that I think are going to do some really, really strong things in the NBA. And you know what? The more I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know what? This could work out pretty well for Cole Anthony. I get it. I said earlier, you know, he's not going to end up in New York, possibly. He's falling in the draft. But if you do fall in the draft, the positive there is that a team like the Spurs could pick you up. You know, a team like the Rockets, uh, you know, a playoff team could pick you up and you could have somebody to look up to on a roster or a coach that could help you really develop moving forward. And I think that that's where it could be a blessing in disguise. I'm just talking about for the player, but for the Knicks, I mean, why not keep the options open? Why not say, listen, we're interested in Cole Anthony, but we're still going through the process of evaluating him. You know, Tyrese Halliburton looks like a pretty good player. We have some doubts, but we're still considering him. 
coming out and taking a shot at Tyrese Halliburton's physical build and then backing it up the next week saying, you know what, we're kind of leaning away from Cole Anthony. That could set yourself up for a really, really disastrous couple of weeks here going into the draft for the Knicks. I I could really see it being the Knicks running out of options, going for the big dogs, and not getting anything. And that's the worst case scenario for the New York Knicks. All right, I'll take a break here. More of this kind of talk coming up next. We'll talk about the trade offers for Chris Paul, potentially. Victor Oladipo being very much in the mix for the Knicks as well. And a lot more, including the NBA Finals, coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, we're diving right back into the Knicks news here. Guys, we're going to lead off with the rumors around trades surrounding the Knicks. Um, And then we'll get to the NBA Finals briefly as well at the end of the show. Again, it's a dominant Knicks show today. Let me know what you guys think the Knicks are at right now. Again, I know you guys have also reached out about other point guard prospects, guys like Kira Lewis Jr., Jamius Ramsey, uh, and more. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, you guys have reached out to me about as well. Listen, those guys are third-tier guys. I wanted to make sure I got to the, the more... I think higher priority targets for the Knicks first. Before we dive into the trade, I just want to mention, you know, I'm not, you know, against taking those guys, but it's got to be in the right spot. And and if the Knicks find themselves with two late first round picks, for example, if they trade down in a, an early second round pick, the Knicks can't do a whole lot with that. They need one of the top point guards in this draft. And again, if you're already walking away from Halliburton and, and Anthony, you're giving yourself a really small chance to succeed in this draft because that's basically saying it's LaMelo ball or bust or we trade down and maybe we get Chris Paul. So I, I don't, I don't know, but it, it, it'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens because a lot can happen over the next couple of weeks. But for the time being, I, I don't love the way the Knicks have handled it publicly with the NBA draft. A couple of the of the rumors that have come out over the past week, and we go to Mark Berman again of the New York Post. According to him, Knicks present Leon Rose is likely to make Oladipo a higher priority, quote-unquote, in trade talks than Chris Paul, believe it or not, which is why I wanted to lead with this. At the start, SNY.TV's Ian Begley last month reported there were people within the Knicks who believed a veteran player like Paul would jumpstart the franchise's effort to build a winning culture and help their young players develop winning habits. But many are saying, including the Athletics' Jared Weiss, that Victor Oladipo is looking to quote-unquote move on from the Pacers and the Knicks could be an option. Oladipo is 28 years old, seven years younger than Chris Paul, and is owed $21 million in the final year of his contract. Next season, Paul is owed almost double that at $41.4 million. Next season, and the player option is $44.2 million, which is more than double what Oladipo would be owed for next season. So financially, Oladipo makes more sense. He's younger. He's still got more left in the tank than Chris Paul does. And still fills a valuable position on the team, not necessarily point guard, but shooting guard. Certainly could be a big option for the Knicks as well, not only through free agency, but in the draft as well. And that leads me into the Chris Paul stuff because it's worth noting that Victor Oladipo is a target of the Knicks. 
Remember, Fred Van Fleet's been linked to the Knicks as well during this these last couple of months as well. Um, and with the draft less than six weeks away, you know, these are going to be the trade talks that are going to start picking up as October continues moving forward. Now, according uh, to multiple reports, Sam Presti, the GM, is willing to, within reason, send a star like Chris Paul to uh, to a reasonable destination based on his track record, right? He sent Paul George to the Clippers, Russell Westbrook to the Rockets. But, and I believe this is according to uh, David, David Jacober, I believe is his name, former strategy consultant for NBA teams and the current player agent at MaxQ Advisors. Chris Paul could want to go to Philly potentially. And if he does, they'll figure it out. That's the kind of, that's kind of where the league is now. And there's certain guys that have that cachet. So if he wants to go to the Celtics, they'll have to figure it out. The Thunder and the Celtics, that is, you know, the, the, but the Knicks are interested. The Sixers are interested. And apparently the Bucks are interested as well. Now, why am I, why am I mentioning all this? Well, because reportedly, if the Knicks want to get him, the Knicks have to give up quite a bit to get him. Now, apparently, the Knicks want to execute a trade, well, could execute a trade where they get Paul and still keep $20 million in cap space. That's what they really want and could really put that together. These are rumors, again, by the way, uh, on this second half here. One scenario could include trading Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton, Kevin Knox, who's apparently a big priority, and Frank Nilakina, along with a future first-round pick. For Chris Paul. Now, they would have to allow Peyton's $8 million salary to become fully guaranteed. And they would have to let Theo Pinson's option expire, which I believe uh, would be around $1.7 million. So, and there's a lot of other moves that would have to happen with that as well. They'd have to uh, renounce Mo Harkless's cap hold, wave Taj Gibson. Wave Wayne Ellington and Wave Reggie Bullock. The Knicks would still have over $20 million in cap space, and the Knicks could use some uh, a $4.8 million room, mid-level exception, minimum deals to round out the roster. So you're giving up a lot. It's basically what I'm trying to map out there. You're giving up quite a bit there to get a guy that's 35 years old. Whereas if you go the Victor Oladipo route, it becomes a lot easier. There's a rumor that the Thunder, by the way, won a first rounder and a prospect like Kevin Knox to get Chris Paul. So it's it's really one of those things where, and again, that's from Mark Berman of the New York Post, the Knicks have got to think long and hard about making that move because that's a lot to give up. You're giving up on a young guy in Kevin Knox. You know, you're throwing away a lot of the veterans on the roster. Again, most of whom, most of whom you don't really need to be honest with you, but you got to think long and hard about that as well with the pick as well. What are you going to get from Chris Paul? Is it worth giving up that much? to pay him all that money and then maybe have him for two years. That's a lot. That's a big risk. And again, 
I've said on this podcast before, it could be worth the risk for the Knicks. But remember, they got to get the draft right for that to really be the, the, the option of being a success here. One cannot come without the other is basically what I'm saying there. You really are going to have to smash the draft if you want to make a move like this. So it's a difficult one for for Nick for the Knicks to to think about here. The other side of the coin is you get Victor Oladipo, and you say, "All right, we're going to save even more of the money, get Victor Oladipo, and then maybe go and sign somebody else potentially in free agency." Now, again, the the options are not as great as they're going to be next year, but it's one of those things where. Victor Oladipo, you're going to have for quite a while if you re-sign him. So that's the other risk, right? Victor Oladipo could could leave. But it's one of those things where you could potentially have him for longer than Chris Paul because Chris Paul is, is getting up there. He had a great season last year. Could be a culture changer with the Knicks. But remember, that's the other thing, right? That's why I'm bringing up the draft. Chris Paul's going to have somebody to mentor on that team. And if you make the move for Paul, there's a good chance you're not going to have enough left to make a move to trade up to get LaMelo Ball. That's the the bigger problem there. If you want LaMelo Ball, there's a good chance you're not getting Chris Paul. I'm pretty sure there's not a world where the Knicks get both of those guys. I don't see it. You're probably going to end up with one or the other. Maybe also Victor Oladipo, but that, that's a big if. And then we see where the Knicks are at. But that's, again, it's a big risk considering the fact that the Knicks could get Halliburton or Anthony, have a great draft, maybe still sign, or sorry, still trade for Victor Oladipo. And then that's, I mean, to me, that's a big deal. If you find your, if you find your way and you get Halliburton, maybe a Sadiq Bey and an Emmanuel quickly in the draft, you trade to get Victor Oladipo, instantly your roster is better. You could trade up possibly, get LaMelo Ball, and then trade for Victor Oladipo. I think that's possible with what the Knicks have at their disposal. But trading up to get LaMelo Ball and then trading all that to get Chris Paul, I don't know if the Knicks can pull it off. I don't know if the Knicks can get either one, let alone both. So I think there's going to have to be a big discussion there. The Knicks are they're throwing out all these ideas publicly for us to chat about and go back and forth about. But I don't know if they can get any of them done. And that's kind of where I'm going to round out this segment. It's, it's great to be talking about this, but we've talked about the big names before, and the Knicks tend to not get it done. Which is why I get frustrated. It's why I get nervous. It's why I get nervous with this stuff. It's why I got to think it over a lot because it gets to the point where it's like, well, what do the Knicks really need? Or what do the Knicks really want? And I think I, I, I think when I go back to it, I think if I'm the Knicks, as it stands right now, I think the best option for the Knicks to really go for it is to try and get LaMelo Ball in the draft. Try to trade up if you can. If you can get it done, great. Take him at first or second in the draft. Get it done. And then go after Victor Oladipo. I think that makes the most sense for where the Knicks are currently at. You get two big pieces 
to potentially add to your core. You've still got a, a good young core with Robinson and Barrett. You throw Julius Randle into the mix for next season. It's another good piece to have that it can work well with Oladipo, potentially, and LaMelo Ball more specifically. And then you move forward and you see how that team looks next season. I think that's, right now, based on the news we have, the best case scenario for the New York Knicks. But again, I I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off. The worst case scenario, I already outlined. The Knicks don't get LaMelo Ball. They don't love what they have at eight, so they trade back. And now they're stuck trying to go after Chris Paul, who is going to cost them potentially $86 million for two years. And you, and you don't know how good those two years are going to be with a team that's not very good. And there's not a ton around him. And you're going to give up basically half of that roster already to get him. Potentially. So th- that's that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's, remember, that's if you can get Chris Paul. The worst, worst case scenario is you don't get him either. And now you're stuck with the same roster you had last year with maybe two decent draft picks added in there that are not really game changers. That's the real worst case scenario for the Knicks. And that's what I'm dreading potentially if the Knicks don't pull this off. So we'll see how that all plays out moving forward. I really am interested to hear, by the way, what you guys think about it. Let me know in the comments below uh, on this page, or you can go to Twitter at SJ7 and let me know what you think about the state of the Knicks and what they're planning on doing for the foreseeable future. All right, let's end the show on the NBA Finals. Boy, I think we left off with Game 1. I mean, Game 1 was a terrible game for the Heat. It really fell apart. Game 2 wasn't much better. Obviously, Dragic and Bam Adebayo did not end up playing. The Heat hung around, they never really made it a game, and they lost Game 2. I really want I really want to dive into Game 3 and just give the Heat a huge hand, basically. A round of applause is worthy of this Game 3 performance. The Heat looked down and out. The Heat were, were basically looking like they were going to get swept in this NBA Finals. But they weren't going to go down without a fight. And Game 3 showed that Jimmy Butler had a 40-point triple-double, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. Listen, Tyler Hero chipped in with 17. Duncan Robinson hit a couple of threes. Jay Crowder hit a couple of threes. To be fair, Kelly Olynyk had 17 pretty big points in Game 3 of the Finals, and the Heat win Game 3. To make this a series, made it you know they made it a series one fifteen to one oh four, and the Heat were back in the series. I mean there was kind of that sense that if they could win Game Four, all of a sudden the Heat have turned this into a series. It really kind of felt like that when I didn't I didn't think they would get anywhere near it. To be honest, I thought this series was done after Game One. It felt even more done after Game Two. Game three made me change my mind a little bit. And game four, the Heat were in it for most of the game. I have to say, they put up a heck of a fight. I believe they were up at the half. I'm sorry, down two at the half. And they were fighting for their lives for most of game four. I mean, they really put in a strong performance. But the Lakers outclassed them in the end. Anthony Davis had 22 huge points. LeBron was fantastic yet again. 
But it was really Contavious Caldwell-Pope who made the difference in Game 4. He had a couple of huge threes, 15 points, and 5 assists. And it was KCP who stepped up, and the Lakers won it 102-96. to and, and despite, again, Jimmy Butler with a pretty strong uh, performance, 22 points on 10, in, 10, on, excuse me, in 10 rebounds, Duncan Robinson hit some more threes. Bam Adebayo came back to play, had 15 points, 7 rebounds. I give him a ton of credit. A lot of Heat fans were giving uh, Goran Dragic credit just for warming up uh, the last couple of games just to try to get in it and and make an impact, Uh, but he wasn't able to really play. Um, And in the end, the Heat are up against it, and when this podcast goes out, they will be playing to keep this series alive and try to force a Game 6. And I listen... I give the Heat a lot of credit for sticking around in this in this series. I, the, with who has been hurt in this series, for the way they've gone down in this series, a lot of people could have said, like me, that they were going to get swept. And, and I said it from the beginning. I think the best the Heat could do from here is get a game. They've done more than that. I got to say, they got a game, and then they made a game for a, a nail-biter. They really did. They pushed the Lakers to the brink in game four. And really, if they, again, if the Heat win game four, this is a legitimate series going into game five. No question about it. But the Lakers held on and they're one win away from their 17th NBA title. And to be honest with you, I I think at this point, they're going to get it in game five. I just, if, if, again, if Bam Adebayo goes off, I think the Heat could win game five. I think that's going to be the key. Him, you know, Bam Adebayo, Adebayo and Butler have to be better than Anthony Davis and LeBron to win game five. Sorry, yes, to win game five, to get it to a game six. If they can win game five, game six, you know, it it could go either way. I mean, that's the thing, right? When it comes down to this, the Heat just have to keep winning. They got to win three in a row to win the title, I think it's impossible. But if they win game five, game six, there's a little bit more pressure on the Lakers and they've not been in that situation before as a team. Obviously, LeBron has been, but the team as a whole has not been. So you put a little extra pressure on the role players for the Lakers going into a game six and then anything can happen if you go to a game seven. I mean, that's the deal. But... Again, it's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs for the Miami Heat. And again, I've been seeing a lot of Heat pride down here in the Miami area since I've been down here for work. And it's been great to see. The Heat fans have not given up. They expect a good performance um, on Friday. Or I should say, at, at uh, yes, on Friday when the podcast goes out. I think it's Wednesday. I'm losing track of the days here. But I, I think any, I think even Heat fans will tell you this would take a miracle for the Heat to turn it around and win this NBA championship. I just don't see it happening. And I think LeBron's going to get his fourth. I think the Lakers will get their 17th to match the Celtics. And I think the Celtics fans will not enjoy that. Um, but it looks like it's destined for LA to win in the same year that Kobe Bryant passes away. And I think for basketball, that's a pretty good story. No question about that. Listen, you could argue... The Lakers didn't get the toughest path on the way here. They didn't. Ha- they didn't have to play this, the Clippers. It's also in a bubble. Listen, I don't think you can. I think there's an asterisk next to this title because of the fact that there's no fans and all of that. But I think even that in, in this kind of a year, I think you just got to give credit where credit is due. 
I I still you know there's a, there's a whole other argument that we won't have now as to where LeBron fits into the all time conversation and and all of that and where Anthony Davis starts to put his name into the hat and and, and things like that. We're not going to talk about that now. That's for a different podcast down the road, maybe during the off season, if you guys really want to talk about that. But for now, this is where we stand. And and, and listen. I expect the Heat to, to put up a heck of a fight tomorrow night. I expect it to be a tight game. I think the Lakers will have to earn it to win it. But I think they'll win game five, and I think they're going to win the title tomorrow and for, the, for you guys when the podcast goes out. I think on Friday night, the Lakers will be lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy just north of me up in Orlando. So we'll see how it plays out. But for the time being, listen, the Heat have made it as tough of a series as they possibly could against this Laker team, but because of the injuries they've dealt with in the first two games, they've never really been able to be consistent threat to win games in this series. Jimmy Butler had to play out of his mind just to get one game in this series. You give him a ton of credit for putting in that kind of an effort against LeBron and getting an NBA Finals win over him with with the chips stacked against him, but it takes a team, and the Heat just don't have their full team that they need to beat the Lakers, and I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it off and win this series. I think it's too too tall, I should say, easier for me to say, of a hill to climb for the Miami Heat. And again, this team will be back, no question about it, but for this season, despite the amazing run that the Miami Heat have been on, I think this is the end of the road, and I don't think the road ends with them lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy in their home state. I think it's going to be the Lakers... Who do it, and I think the Lakers will do it in game five on the day this podcast goes out. That's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Make sure to keep things organized. I'm losing my I'm losing track of my equipment over here. Holy smokes. In all seriousness, guys, hope you're doing well during this very difficult time. Hope you're enjoying the playoffs. Hope you're enjoying the finals. Hope you're enjoying yourselves as best you can. And thank you as always for listening to this show to take some time out of your tough weeks uh, and and hopefully for some of you some good weeks as well um, to listen to me talk about basketball. Let me know what you guys think of the show as always. Let me know what you think about the Knicks, the NBA Finals, and what's going on with the NBA moving forward. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Finals. Make sure you stay safe out there. Remember, continue to wear a mask and stay safe. Keep your family and your friends and yourself safe. Also, one last thing. Make sure you comment on the postingandtoasting.com post for the podcast. Let me know what you guys think. You can let me know there or on Twitter at SJ7, as you guys always tend to do. Until then, I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.